This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Everybody, Samson Folk here with the Rapcast podcast slash YouTube video. And today is the first of many episodes that I will be doing where 30 episodes, well, 29 episodes, basically, where we get an outsider's opinion on the Raptors. So you get to see, okay, what do they think of my team? Somebody who knows basketball in another market, what is the outside looking in version of the Raptors? And then simultaneously, I'm going to be asking everybody, hey, Tell us about your team so that we get to learn about every team in the league throughout this series. And you also get to see kind of what the consensus is on the Raptors. And today, episode one is with Larry Golden. Many people know him as Coach Laro, formerly of the Bulls 101 podcast. Much fanfare on that podcast for what it's worth. Did some professional scouting in his time. And now coaching A to Zoe, AAU. And uh, well, I guess right now here to talk about the Bulls. And the Raptors, Laro, how you doing, man? Man, I'm I'm doing good, man. I appreciate that cool intro, man. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm happy to actually talk about uh, the Raptors. Um, I can't wait to get kind of you know pick your brain on certain things and um, talk about some things that I've seen, and also obviously talking about the Bulls. So, man, I'm I'm excited, man. Yeah, likewise, going the other way. I kind of want to hear. I'm always interested in the Bulls because Demar Derozan was basically my first favorite player that I just really loved. And so he's on the Bulls now. I've been very invested in that team, so I'm excited to hear your uh, opinion of them. But we'll start with your opinion of the Raptors. Broad strokes, cliff notes. What were your thoughts on that team after the year that they had? Yeah, so one of the things that, like, when I think about the Raptors, especially just if you're talking about last season, is health, man. Um, And I thought, you know, what was it? I think Fred missed what uh, seventeen games. Pascal missed fourteen, and OG uh, altogether. I think what thirty four games. Um, and, and when you look at, uh, especially OG, who I'm a huge fan of, um, uh, you know, he he went. He had a nice little uh, run there where he was having like a career year, and uh, in, in the arrow was pointing up. And then boom, he gets hit with an injury. I think it was like thirteen games for the first stint or something like that that he missed. Then he he got back and had a bunch of games in a row, and he missed another cup, I think twelve or something like that, somewhere around there. And like when you look at it, like as a basketball player, it, this game is about rhythm, you know. And if you're missing games, especially OG, um, if you're if you're missing games where you're you're always going to be guarding the best player on the other team, you're known for your you know your your ability to go guard multiple positions, and then you're showing. Um, some progression in your self-creation, which is something that I thought that was something I need to get better for him, for him to hit that next level. And I thought he was showing like strides in that, that, uh, that department. Um, and then when you get hit with these injuries and games missed, it's very, very tough for you 
to get back to that level because you just you're always fighting that uphill battle to get back into rhythm. Um, fast forward to Fred. Uh, Fred is somebody that I'm a big fan of. I'm from Chicago and he's from the, the Chicagoland area. And I've, I've always been a friend, uh, um, a fan of his so, to see him go from Wichita State, what he was there and then come to, to the Raptors and just take off and be this tough, gritty guard that just gets buckets when you need them and tough buckets. And um, is a pretty good you know playmaker, pretty good defender. Um, it's just tough to see that he had those some of those nagging knee injuries and and you know things like that. So it's tough, man. So the biggest thing for me, especially, and we already know about Pascal missing those games as well. So it, it was tough for me to say to have a really good evaluation because I feel like with health, this team would have been at a better standing going into those playoffs. Um, and I just even when you watch the playoffs, the the series against the the. Uh, uh, 76ers, like it was tough. Obviously, you know, they, they needed some size for Joel Embiid, but you could just tell that it, they just weren't playing at their best. They weren't, they weren't going into the playoffs. Like, like you want to go into the playoffs playing at your best. And I just felt like they weren't there at, at that point. Um, so for me overall, uh, long winded answer. Uh, I, I just think that I'm a, I'm a fan of how that, how it ended up because any other team, it probably just would have went down in the dumps. Um, you know, you can kind of chuck it up like, hey, Fred, you know what? Or, hey, Pascal, you know what? Or, OG, you know, just chill. We'll just, we'll just you know, finish the season out the right way and then come back, you know, with some uh, some fully healthy the next season. But they didn't do that. They can't, they they continued to fight. You had guys like uh, Malachi Flynn come up and, and and really show some show some things that I'm pretty sure Raptor fans are excited about. Um, Pat Precious showed some some inconsistencies but he shows some flashes where you're like man if he could just put it all together especially defensively you know going back and watching the playoffs there were some really cool plays from 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 pat uh from precious that really just shows some 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 cool things that i'm sure nick would like to to play around with um both sides of the ball um but yeah man overall i just really think that uh for me it's tough to evaluate but if i had to really really say what i like I, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with how they ended the season yes it was a tough a tough series in the 76er series but i think if you're a raptors fan if i was a raptors fan i'd feel good about where they're they're headed um and i know i didn't mention scotty at all but i think uh, i wanted to talk about the three uh, experienced guys that i think would have helped um if they were all healthy and ready to go but we all know scotty was uh was a fun rookie uh, to watch. And I think the sky's the limit for him. I think that there's a, it intersects the limitations that Patrick Williams of the Bulls has shown. He's younger than guys like OG. It's interesting to think about these big wings who are attempting to become big creators. Pascal made that leap and went through hell on the court and off the court with some media, with fans and all that kind of yeah. stuff to get there because it's it's tough to be that type of guy as a bigger player. And so OG, Pat, uh, Scotty, if you could rank all three as far as you think, like, and not in a competitive way, but yeah. just ceiling for creation. Who's, who's the guy you think has the best shot at being that big creator? And then maybe some other guys, you know, maybe they fall down to just like where OG is now basically maxing out a role status. Yeah. He's shooting 40% from three. He's all NBA level on defense, and he has a decent connective passer. But you have to be able to ascend past that. Those three guys, uh, who interests you the most? And you said Pascal in that group, right? No, Pascal's Pascal. Oh, okay, okay. O OG, OG, Pat, 
and uh, Scotty. And Scotty, my bad. The big guys trying to break into that that creator mold. So for me, um, I think <laughs> I think uh, OG and uh, Pat. This is gonna sound crazy, but I think OG and Pat are in a similar situation. And what I mean by that is. We've heard over this this offseason that OG was frustrated with his role, right? He wanted more touches. He wanted to be able to have the ball in his hands more. And then you hear Nick and he's like, dude, like I'm not telling guys, I'm not telling guys like, yo, get the ball to this guy or get the ball to this guy. I'm kind of I'm letting guys flow. You know, if you grab the ball off the glass, go ahead, bring that ball up. There's no, there's no restrictions. There's no like, hey, we the ball must touch Fred's hands before we do anything. There's none of that. Like um, and what I mean by that, bringing that out all together is I think Pat is in a situation where it's kind of tough for him to get those in-game reps um, to, to develop uh, more. I, th- I think he's in a situation where, I mean, you know, you think about it, it's, it's Zach, it's DeMar, it's Vooch. And then after that, I mean, it's tough, man, because most of the times th- those are the three guys that are going to get those those shots or going to get those touches. And Pat's in a situation where, you know, the you know, they run a lot of delay action and Pat's opposite opposite corner or he's, he's strong side corner coming off. But like he's not really coming down the floor and getting ball screens. He's not, you know, coming off, you know, a pin down, catching it and being able to go to work. Um, and I think what I, I think they're uh, OG and Pat are in a situation right now, too, or where it's kind of like they both in in a way have like this want to do the right thing all the time. And I think PD uses academy brain but I, I don't i don't think it's like that i think it's just like for instance pat growing up um in aau um he was a he was pg he was bringing the ball up getting guys shots he wasn't that 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 guy that was like yo move out of the way let me get this bucket you know and i think part of the appeal for for ak our tourist kind of show this is like the dude has the tools he has the 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 the, the you know the ability the potential is there I think if we can get it all together, like he can be this guy. And right now, I think the Bulls are hoping that Pat can kind of do what Scotty did. And which is why I think Scotty, if I had to pick right now, is probably one, just because I think that Scotty has that 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 knack for like, yo, I let me get this bucket, you know, uh, or if he has a mass mismatch, he's not he's not afraid to go ahead and go and do what he has to do. Um, and I hate sounding like that guy's like, oh man, he's got that dog in him. And, I, and th- that's not like what I mean. I just, I just mean that like, he's not afraid to, if he has a mismatch, he's not thinking like, oh shoot, Fred's our guy. I got to get the ball to Fred because Fred's going to make sure we get in the right set. And I think that's what happens with Pat. I think he thinks, dude, why am I going to take a shot when DeMar is shooting whatever from this position, this spot on the floor. And I got Zach Levine, one of the best tough shot, tough shot makers in the game. Why am I going to take this shot? And as a coach, I, that's kind of like you you love that because he's a team guy. He's a team player, you know, but at the same time, you want him to do his thing. Um, so if I had to rank them, I'd probably go OG, um, uh, Scotty one. Um, and then I'd probably put Pat and OG in like a tie, like almost like, you know, because I think um, I think Pat has shown that in a, uh, that when he is aggressive with his ball handling and getting to his spots, he's more fluid and he's more, it's more, it looks more natural, like uh, of, you know, getting to his pull up or, you know, stutter rip and getting by and attacking the basket with OG. It seems like it's like not as natural. And it's something that he's working on to get to that point. 
So I guess I would I guess I would give Pat a slight edge, but at the at the moment I would I would probably tie them at after after Scotty. Yeah. Uh the thing you bring up with OG, I think, is a great point. It's a, a term I coined called the workout ball, <laughs> where you're you look predetermined in your own movements. You look yes. like you're doing something you've been working on repeatedly, regardless of the defensive stimuli. That should change how you decide to attack. Like it's it's not malleable. It's not adaptable. So now that we have the the big creator talk kind of out of the way, when we think about these two teams, the Bulls were the one seed for some time last year. And I, I personally, I thought the Bulls were going to be good. Um, bouncing around is now defunct. But when we did an episode about the Bulls preseason, I was like, I see no reason why this wouldn't work extremely well. And it did. But something that happened with the Bulls is kind of what you talked about with the Raptors, probably to a more severe degree, even health. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just curious what you think or how you think health played a role in the Bulls season. And then kind of when we square health and assume both teams are healthy, who do you think is going to be a little bit better or worse in the regular season between the Raptors and the Bulls? Oh, man, uh, this is tough, man. Um, so I think... If I had to pick right now, I would probably go. Man, this is this is a tough question. I love I love these because it really makes you think. It really makes you go through some things. But if health is all there, I think the Bulls have a more synergized uh, offense uh, uh, approach um, because I think you have. <laughs> the guy in DeMar who can be your half court creator, your half court um, guy that can apply pressure to the rim. Um, and I think Bulls fans got it twisted early on with Lonzo. And, and, and this is no, this is no dig at Lonzo at all, but I don't think Lonzo is the guy you want to come across the court, get a ball screen and just get in the teeth of the defense. Just, just because he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it consistently. He hasn't, shown that he can really get in there and and you know create that advantage so i think having a guy like damar and, and zach um to be able to get into the teeth of a defense and really make the defenses rotate also to having a big like uh which he got a lot of flack from bulls fan uh, bulls fans last season but having a big like vooch where you can ha run some delay actions and and be able to get the ball in his hands to connect both sides of the floor get into some dribble handoffs and yes he didn't shoot the ball as well as he has in the past. Um, but just the, you know, if you're in a game and, and you're a coach and you know the reputation of a guy like Vooch, you're still going to be worried about him shooting that ball. And he's not afraid to chuck it. He's going to keep shooting the ball. So you have to to honor it. He's not going to be somebody who's like, oh, shoot, I'm I'm not shooting well. Let me move this ball. And so as a defender, you, you, you kind of like, oh, he's not going to shoot the ball. But it, it's just like a more synergized approach. And and so I would probably say the Bulls if they're healthy, but the Raptors are not far behind. Um, and heck, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are some Raptors fans to listen to that's going to listen to this and be like, dude, what's he talking about? Like it's the Raptors by, by long shot. But I, I just really truly believe that um, the Bulls showed last season, last season, with being fully healthy, that they're ready to go. Um, they got the right defensive type of approach um, with, with Caruso and, and Lonzo um, and guys on the backside that can rotate and, and with, with hopefully a fully healthy Pat, uh, being able to have that secondary rip protection role. And, and um, Javante, dude has been, a, dude has been, he's taken, he's taken the opportunity 
that he has been given and and like grabbed it by the horns. I mean, he's he's been an energy guy. He's been a guy that can really rotate. He can be on the perimeter a little bit. Um, fast break is it, it, it's fed into what he is offensively. You know, and, and being able to have Lonzo on the break and chucking that thing up for oops and getting that ball up to him to have dunks and energy. But um, yeah, man, I think it, I think it would be the Bulls. But the Raptors are not far behind, man. I, I just truly believe in what what Nick is as a coach, X's and O's wise, and the guys they have. I mean, like you said earlier, I mean they they they're long and you know six eight six seven all around the court. Like it, it's tough, man. It, it's tough to go against teams like that, and especially two way guys. I mean, Scotty can get a bucket. OG can get a bucket. Um, you know, I mean, you already know what Fred can do. You know what I, I, Pascal can do. Pascal is, is a bucket. You know, so uh, they're not far behind at all. I think uh, that makes sense to me, probably just because we remember the end of the season and we yeah. remember standings and stuff like that. The Bulls, I'd have them in the same tier as the Raptors. Yeah. I, probably most Raptors fans, I think, would have different tiers. But yeah, it, it goes into this idea of like, do you believe in regression or progression mm. as more as strong motivators for this season? And if you believe that Vooch is washed, Mm. which I don't, but mm -hmm. if you believe that Vooch is washed, if you believe that DeMar's mid-range work will come a little bit back down to earth, which doesn't mean he's bad or mediocre. It just means he goes from unbelievable, mind-blowing, <laughs> great to just really good. Yes. Um, but with what you said, offensive synergy, the Bulls should be able to, with the amount of offensive talent they have on that team, sleepwalk to a better offensive rating than the Raptors, and especially in the half court. Uh, Pascal, his ability to run offense at his size, make decisions, read rotation, um, get his own bucket, like work in tight spaces and come out on the other side, really great. I think that most people would still say, though, that DeMar or Zach are able to present as a better offensive leader than Pascal. Now, yeah. I think they're closer than most people would think. Mm -hmm. And I think I would choose Pascal as the best player of the three just because of defense. But yeah. the two-headed monster offensively of DeMar and Zach with Caruso, with Lonzo, with Vooch, with whatever Pat is, Javante Green, I know we talked about, he also had awesome defensive possessions against Pascal last year. Yeah. That team could be really, really good. And if they just lean to the same defensive principles of having Caruso and, and Lonzo be really pesky at the point of attack, yeah. you funnel to Vooch, who I don't think Vooch was was bad defensively when they had everybody there. I thought he was no. good. He's a yeah. big guy there, cleans the boards, all that kind of stuff. I think they're the same tier. I wouldn't be surprised by either team going above the other. The only thing that, yeah, like regression back to good performances for a guy like Vooch, yeah, that would help a lot. But also then the progression side of things. And I want to ask you about this. Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, we kind of touched on. We'll see what happens with his season, his touches, but we don't have to worry about Scotty's touches. <laughs> you you talked about the the dog in him being kind of something that commentators lean on and you didn't yeah. want to do that. But it does hearken to something that's real, which is some guys do have more of a pressing, I'm going to go get it. Yeah kind of um, ethic that guides their basketball game. Yeah. And Scotty is somebody who's going to go get it. He's going to take more touches this year. He's going to have more of the ball. How do you think that's going to shape up for the rookie of the year heading into his sophomore season? 
Well, one of the things I love about Scotty is like, I don't think he's someone that with success, they get complacent. Um, I, I think there are some guys that get, when they have that success, they're, they're, they get they get in that like low, like, oh, what I'm doing is good. Like I'm chilling, I'm right where I need to be. But like, I don't get that from, from Scotty. I get a guy that's like, okay, man, these, you know, Coach Nick trusted in me to do these things. I'm just gonna keep really working to get where I need to be. Um, now, I, I truly believe that he's somebody that's going to just keep getting better, um, whether that's like the, the three ball becoming a little bit more consistent or respectable um, uh, off the bounce, being able to, to attack a little bit more off the bounce. Um, like, I, I truly believe Scotty's going to continue to ascend. I think he's just that type of player. Um, like you said, like and, and the part of the me, the dog, the dog in him type thing is I feel like people just like took it and ran with it. And it's just like it, it just took a little bit away from what I would at least what I meant from it. Um, and yeah, man, like you said, I mean, there are dudes, man, that like, you know, like me as a coach, right? You there, are t there, there are times as a coach, right? You go into a game team ball, let's move the ball around, let's run, I don't know, let's run, you know, horns, rip, whatever, whatever you want to call, you know, um, motion, whatever, let's move the ball around, find the best shot. You know, if a team is just got a good team defense and, and they're just really mucking things up, it is always no coach will push away a guy that you just say, you know, what, guys, hey, look, one for flat. Hey, Zach, go give me a bucket. Go give me a bucket, man. You know, hey, hey, Scotty, look, man, go get me a bucket, man. We, we need we need to stop this run. We need a guy that can really just you know what? Let's let's hang our hat on him for a little bit, guys. Let's just let's just move off ball. Let's set some off ball screens, keep the, the weak side help uh, occupied. But for right now. We know this guy can go get us a bucket or get to the free throw line, apply pressure to the rim. Um, like you need guys like that. And anybody that says like they don't, they're lying to you. You need guys like Zach Levine. You need you need guys that you could just come out of a timeout and be like, look, man, this is the play call. One four flat, get the ball, <laughs> get the ball, this guy, and let's just go at it from here and, and just play off of that. You know, um, and that's what I think of dog, right? Where you can, you can have that team in you, you have that team ball in you and you setting guys up. But when the time is, you know, end of third, end of, end of second quarter, when you want to go into the half up or get a bucket uh, to, to, to have some momentum going into the half or the coming out in the third quarter where you want to, you know, really, you know, get, get that message sent to the, to the opposing team that we're ready to go and look, Hey, if you're not ready, we're, we're steamrolling or end of the fourth quarter where, you know, you've been running good stuff and you know, that it, it's time, you know, it's time to put the game away where you could put the ball in your best player's hands and say, Hey, look, take us home. You know, and, and that, that sometimes you, you, you do that. Me as a coach, that's, that's how I am. You know, if my best player is having a good game, we're going to keep going to them. Um, and th that's just the way I am. And that's what I think of dog where I can say, okay, I got a dog on my team. He can go take us home, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I know I go long winded, man, but, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think Scotty's going to keep ascending, man. He's, 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 he's a guy that I truly believe in. I've been watching since high school. Um, and I, you know, I just love what he is. He's not afraid to really get in your face. He's not afraid to affect the game in, in any other way, you know, than, than scoring. So, uh, yeah, I think Scotty's going to just keep, keep ascending. So when we think of Montverde to mm -hmm. Florida State to the Raptors, there's been, I talked about this, I did an episode with Ben Pfeiffer mm -hmm. uh, where we talked about this in, incredible progression from, from Scotty. And it definitely doesn't seem linear in what, what he's deciding to, not even deciding, but just what he's succeeding at at any different points in time. He looks different. Is there a progression, having watched him from way back then, that really surprised you 
as far as what he was able to become good at? Honestly, man, for me with Scotty, it was the the, the self-creation. Um, I think that was the, the biggest thing for me. Um, I felt like a lot of what I watched with Scotty was uh, in high school, was on the break or, you know, well, in my verde at Cade. So Cade was kind of creating advantages for him. So he didn't really have to do that much. But like Florida State, you didn't see it that much. Um, but the self-creation bit is for me is what has really gave him a little bit more of a a ceiling. Like it went up a little bit more mm-hmm. because it, we know and you we we watch a lot of ball, man. Like you if you can self create for yourself and others, um, like you're 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 what every team wants, man. So um I think that's the skill for me that really stuck out. Yeah. That makes sense to me for sure. So for the Bulls coming into next season, and this is where we'll kind of bandy about like, okay, what are we really looking forward to? And with the Bulls, let's get that answer first. I'll answer from my end. But what are you most excited about for the Bulls heading into this year in a season where I think the fan base and the popular media is dissenting upon it a little bit? It's a little bit lower than maybe it deserves to be. Yeah. I agree with that, man. You don't get that, uh, that like excitement really. Um, but the biggest thing for me, health, if this team can stay healthy, the, 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 you know, they're going to be just fine. They're, they're going to be right where they need to be. What I'm excited about is the playoff experience that Zach Levine, um, and the rest of the guys, um, I mean, Going going in there to to play Milwaukee against Giannis, the defending champs, seeing what it takes, man. Like Demar Demar talked about it. Demar said, "Man, these dudes just didn't know how hard it was, how hard it was, you know." And just to get a to win a game in the playoffs, and I think I, I'm I'm eager to see how that affects the rest of the guys. Is Zach Levine a little bit more um, less? Is he less careless? When, when he's got the ball, is he, is he understanding, you know, not turning the ball over is a huge deal is, is I want to see his mindset because there was a game in the playoffs against the bucks where he, his explosiveness wasn't there because of the knee, but like he was making the right reads passing wise. He, you know, I think, I think he ended up with 12 assists or something like that. And it was just really cool to see him use his, uh, his presence on the floor to, to leverage it for, uh, assist for his teammates. And I, I I thought that was really cool to see. And I'm wondering if that's something that he'll bring into this season. Um, but and I'm just excited for the health. I'm, I'm excited for full, hopefully full season of Patrick Williams. Um, one of the biggest things that hurt the Bulls is, I mean, it played into what the Bucks like to do scheme wise anyway, but they, 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 they rather clog the paint. And if you guys can beat us from three, we'll tip our cap and we'll, we'll adjust from there. The Bulls biggest Achilles heel to me um for me I know other Bulls fans will probably say the, inter- the interior defense and uh, rebounding which they just fixed with uh Drummond um but is the threes um three-point attempts and Billy passed this past season said hey look man we, we're gonna take the right shots but I put myself in Billy's shoes of course you're gonna say that you know you're gonna you're gonna kind of push you know, make the make the fans like not get too crazy, not get too worried about it. Right. If you don't have a lot of three point shoes on the floor, like exactly. You're going to you know, you're going to take the right shots. You're not going to f- just jack up threes from 
you know, Javante Green, if he's open in the corner, you're going to keep moving that ball and and finding the right shots. But I think in the playoffs, like you saw it, you know, uh, especially with DeMar, man, DeMar, they're not giving up the short middies. They were like, okay, dude, you can take a contested long midi, but you're not getting into this short midi that you love, you love so much. And it took that away. So now, you know, when he's getting in there to try to create, he's kicking it to Io, who I love Io. I think he's going to continue to get better. I think he's just a hard worker. Um, and, and he's going to keep ascending. But um, you're kicking it out to Io, who's not the greatest three-point shooter. You're kicking it out to um, Javante Green. You're kicking it out to uh, uh, I can't even think right now. But you're not, you know, you're not kicking it out to Alonzo Balls. You're not kicking it out to Nikola Vucevic, who has to bleed, be in the play. You know, the the point of attack, the pick and roll. Um, we don't have multiple screeners. So Booch was the guy that had to be the screener a lot. Um, so like it hurt us, right? Because now we're, instead of being able to get to those, those middies that, that we depended on a lot for, with DeMar, now we're kicking it out to threes for guys that aren't great, good three-point shooters. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, we need Lonzo because he was a pretty darn good three-point shooter. He got up a lot of attempts as well from there. Um, so I'm looking for that. I'm looking for, how can we fix that? Are, are, is is it is it going to be more of an emphasis on attacking, you know, attacking short closeouts or or uh, for, like for me, I try to put myself in Billy's shoes and, and see how I would go about it because I don't think they really attack the three point shooting the way I I would love to uh, seen it attacked, but I think there has to be some way to uh, not live with you know, threes from people that you, that, that aren't the best three point shooters. Um, so th- there has to be some way, some creative way that you can put together a scheme it, you know, where maybe, okay, we can put, yeah, we put Javante there, but maybe now he's going to come get a, you know, snug pick and roll, maybe something, something where we can stay aggressive and attack in the basket because I just don't think we have the right shooting um, at the moment. And I think if, it hurt us when teams go zone. Um, like for instance, Miami, they would go zone a lot. They, I mean, they went zone against everybody, but it, it, any team that went zone against the Bulls had some success. Um, and I think if you're smart, that is something you'll throw out a lot because if it isn't Zach, Lonzo, Vooch, I mean, you got a shot. You got a shot for for you know a short closeout and live with it. You know, so that's where I'm at. But in terms of excitement, it's health. Patrick Williams full season. He, we've seen some things in these in these proams with the ball handling and the confidence to to use his bounce, to the, the, um, use his ability to, to to attack the rim and use that length, get to his one handed pull up that he loves and get to that pull up that he loves to do anyway. Like I'm excited for Pat because I think honestly, and this is the last thing I'll say because I, I, I'm so long winded, man. But I just love talking ball with you. But um, the biggest thing with Pat is I think a lot of people see a good defender in him. And I, I, I do too, but I, I think he still has to show it. I think his on-ball defense is one of the things that I think he has to get better at. Um, uh, and screen navigation really is what, what I'm talking about. Uh, teams will, are going to put him through screens. He hasn't shown the ability to really show good footwork and the ability to get around a screen, um, which is something I'm, I'm watching out for. Off-ball defense, I, I see that. Can, I think that's going to be his calling card. I think that weak side rim protection is something that I think he's going to really be good at. Flip to offense. I think offense, he's a guy that, yes, he's pretty good at catch and shoot, albeit on low volume in his career. 
but I think he's that guy that's going to be able to catch him off the bounce. Like I think, I think Pat is, is a guy that once he gets more comfortable, we're going to see more attacking closeouts, getting into the rim, getting to a pull-up, more of that type of game. Um, I th- he just looks so much more comfortable doing that. Um, and that's something I saw, even if you go back to his last uh, time in the summer league, um, you saw a lot of comfortability in the mid post area, being able to turn and face jump shot, turn and face rip, get to the basket. Um, that's what I would love to see more from Pat. But again, it's tough when you got those three guys ahead of you. So hopefully you can see a little bit more of that, you know, when those guys go to the bench and he could be a little bit more uh, involved in the offense. It's an interesting parallel between I'm glad you this is also something I've noticed with Pat and there's a parallel for Scotty as well as that. I think people feel like it's easier to label these physically dominating wings as stoppers. Yes. When in reality, Scotty and Pat both honestly struggle at the point of attack. Raptors fans, they'll have a few plays in their mind where Scotty got a stop and he looked good, but Precious was a better point of attack defender yeah. than Scotty last year. And Scotty, the amount of blow buys he allowed, the, the real trouble he had in screen navigation, palpable, yeah. very serious. But also, in addition to the parallel between Pat and Scotty, those guys, because of how they read the defense from the back end, their length, their mobility, can just be they can blow up stuff all the time off ball. I'm really interested for that. In addition to that, what I'm excited about for the Bulls is starting with Pat. The man, he's a good cutter. And if that that three-point volume kind of bumps up a little and the the percentage stays static, the cat and mouse game of him playing with guys who are trying to... You know, if you have Zach Levine, one of the most talented on-ball guards in, in the league running, you know, like a pick and roll with Vooch. Vooch can short roll. He can he can get all the way to the bucket. He can pop out. Let's say they're they're doing a weak side zone. Yeah. Pat playing around with that that zoned up defender. Is he gonna lift? Is he gonna cut back door? Who maybe it's Lonzo working on the weak side with him, how they decide to cut to drag defenders, to bring defend like all that kind of stuff. Pat would be really interesting. And that additionally to get closeouts He's like a guy, and I know we idealize players like this yeah. the same way with the on-ball defense, but guys like that, you imagine a version of like pump, drop, dribble, bang. Yep. And Pat, I wonder, man, if he, like Alonzo G in 2K12, you Ooh. enter the animation and you yes. bang. I'm, I, I wonder just because of like, you could, man, you could have like Zach, DeMar on ball, pick and roll with Vooch, Zach like above the break, Pat yep. in the corner, I'm just trying to think of how a defense, if you get the edge, like you get over the screen and it's that two on one now, and now you pass that advantage out to the the weak side. It's like, how does a defense keep up with that if Pat is doing his thing? That's really interesting. But then mostly I love, love watching Zach Levine. His playmaking, I think has been, I, I know, like, as you're saying, the 12 assists, really, he made the jump, I think that, Jason Tatum has to make not that Levine is better than Tatum but just seeing some of those extra reads maybe using that extra dribble to drag a guy and then another read is available Zach has gotten really good as a manipulator and I think he can get even better but the the raw like at rim finishing with his jumper there's the ceiling of Zach offensively exists in a it's a very small group, and I, I just yeah. I want to see him reach it. So that's what's exciting for me. For the Raptors, what are you most excited about? 
real, real quick before before we go into the Raptors, you you brought up that point about Pat about him being able to attack. Now, if you remember, that's the play he got injured on. Uh, where he was actually going to go up and punch it on Mitch, but obviously Mitch uh, injured him, took a clothesline him out the air. So like that, that vividly, I was imagining it, imagining it. And I, it reminded me like, man, dude, Pat was attacking a closeout and ready to go punch it on Mitch's head. But um, no, man, but for the Raptors, ah, oh, man, dude, like, so I'm going to bring up this, this guy first and in, in, in people, you know, Raptors fans are like, man, he brought him up first. Coloco. I'm interested in how they use him because watching him at Arizona, like, I feel like the skill set he has is what the, what, what the Raptors are going to love um, the rent protection. Um, I don't think he gets enough love about like how, how I think he moves his feet pretty well on the perimeter, but not like he does. You there's know some, I mean? there's some clips out there of him, like jumping a dude above the break and you're like, yes. And some recovery there too, which yeah. the length obviously helps. Yeah. And I, I again, I hate to go back to to the uh, the you know the Rico Hine runs and stuff like that. But I was watching watching it, man. You know, you know, at night when you're chilling, you're watching. Um, and there was a play when Fred Fred was there, Fred Van Vliet, and he threw up a lob to to uh, Coloco, and he threw it down, monstrous. You know what I mean? And 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 they cut to Fred like, man, it's been a long time since I could do that. So it's like you could see. I know it's like pickup, but like, I mean, you're going to play with this guy on your team. So obviously that means a lot. And to me, that said, like, man, like there's going to be some opportunities for him to, to apply pressure, apply pressure to the rim with some rim runs um, and, and being able to have that lob threat. Um, I, I think it's really, really cool um, because like you said, if you fast forward, I mean, rewind back to what you were saying about, the Bulls with how the, the, the setup with you know uh, Zach above the break and Pat on on the in the corner like having a guy that can really go up and finish the ball and be really efficient around the rim like Coloco has the ability to do there's gonna have to be a tag from somewhere and which is gonna help other guys like maybe Scotty or OG putting them in those situations where they can be the guy that is being guarded by the tagger and now it's easier opportunities for them to create for themselves or for others. And I just, I, I just love Coloco and what he can bring. I also, this may be again, me projecting a little bit more, but like, I do think there's going to be some ability for him to shoot the ball. I don't know, maybe this season, but like, I do think he'll be at some point, he'll be respectable from outside um, from shooting from three with Coloco. I think there's something there with him, but that's one thing I had to get him out of the way, but Fred, um, him being in, uh, uh, not being injured and actually being healthy. That dude is one of those guys on the team where he just elevates everyone. He, he's the smallest guy on the floor at some, and most of the time at that six foot, but like the toughness he plays with, uh, the, 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 the grit, the, how smart he is as a, as a, as a passer at, at, at times and this tough shot making, um, he's just somebody that like, I'm sure that like Pascal and the guys love to have on the floor as much as possible. And he just makes your team better. He could be the head of the snake on your defense and really muck things up. Um, and I love some of the things that, that you had talked about is their defensive scheme, which I noticed, um, in the, in the, in the, uh, series with the, the Sixers is how they love the tag from the corner and they're willing to give up that corner three or the, that corner look. And uh, just watching some of those games, just like just Fred is not afraid of anything. I remember there was a play where it, it, the rap, the Sixers knew where the rotation was going to be coming from. 
and Fred came over there on Joel and he just didn't give a damn, man. Like he, he's getting in Joel. He's, he's ripping at the ball and he got it. You know, I think they ended up getting a steal and going the other way, but like, just love guys like Fred, man. Fred is willing to get dirty. He's willing to, to make, to take the tough shot. He's not afraid of the moment. Um, he's a good passer. So he's a guy that, that you want on a team. Um, I'll say the best for last, but like, OG, my guy, man, I think I'm right there with you in terms of how optimistic I am about him. Um, and what I think he can be as long as he can stay healthy um, and things can just stay away from being rocky. And he actually just, you know, stays in line with team success and allows the team to grow and, and he'll get his touches. My biggest thing with, with in basketball is it's like the ball's going to find the open guy. If you, if you guys are moving the ball around, the ball's going to find you if you're, if you're playing the right way. So as long as OG can just stay, stay out of his head and understand like, this is about, the Raptors, man, like you're going to get your touches. Don't worry. As long as you're doing it the right way. Um, so OG is a guy that I, I, I always love, man. I think he doesn't get enough love. Uh, um, but uh, Pascal, man, dude, Pascal is probably outside of the Bulls, probably one of my favorite players to watch. Um, his ascension to the player he is right now is crazy. I don't think it gets talked about enough. I think even it's, it's almost like the Jimmy Butler thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember when, when we were, we drafted Jimmy, uh, the bulls drafted Jimmy and people were like, Oh, cool pick, whatever. All right. Um, whatever. Cool. He'd be a nice bench guy off the, you know, off the bench. He's tough, but like seeing the Ascension, like dude, Pascal, like there are plays, there, there are games where I watch the Raptors where Pascal gets the ball and I'm like, I, I'm just, I just can't wait to see what he's going to do. I feel like his go-to moves have changed. Like he has more in his bag now to, to get to spots that he wants to get to. Um, and defensively, I mean, Pascal is great, man. And I agree with you. I agree with what you said. You said out of the three players, like Pascal is probably the best because of the defense. Like to, to get a guy that gives you 22 plus a game on pretty good efficiency and then be able to get on the defensive side of the ball and really give the ball, give that team hell. I mean, how could you not love a guy like Pascal? You know, um, you respect his grind. You respect, you respect how you got to the spots to where he is now. Um, and then the last, the the other thing I want to talk about, and I know, like I, I talked to you before we came on, I know, <laughs> know a lot of people have words about, about Nick, but I love Nick, man. I love, I love how he coaches. Uh, there was a little soundbite that he had uh, talking. I can't remember who he was talking to, but they asked him basically about the OG situation. And I just loved his answers. I love I'm a big fan. He's a good, he's a good speaker. He knows what yeah. to say to the media. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like coaches that allow their team to play. Like there are a lot of coaches that like once you get across half court, hey, wait, 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 set it up, set it up, you know, like, yeah, there are times in games where you want to set the offense up and get the right look. But at the same time, you want to let the game flow. You want if you got guys like like the Raptors have like a bunch of two way guys that can handle it a little bit, like let the game flow, like let it go. And like, obviously, there are possessions where you want to get the ball to Pascal where, you, where you, hey, we need a bucket. Let's get the ball to Pascal. He has a matchup or, hey, let's get the ball to Fred. Let's get into a double drag or, or, or a drag and let's play off of that. But for the most part, man, like I love coaches that do that. Like let let your players play and let them play off their instincts. Too many coaches try to like force things on players. And like if they don't play well, then they sit them. And it's like, well, well, that's because you're forcing them into things they're not comfortable with yet. You know, so allow them to play with their instincts and and let let them go. So I love and and again, like I'm not in depth. I'm not like watching every 
post-game interview with Nick or anything like that. So you, you, like you said, like he's a pretty good speaker. Um, but what I've heard from him, like as a coach myself, like I love that stuff, man. And, and I'm sure players love that too, man. When you, when you allow them just to play, as long as they're not doing any chucking, you know what I mean? But like allowing them to play f- uh, with, with free flowing into double drags, you know, Spain, whatever it is, just letting them flow and let them hoop, you know? So I love that stuff, man. It's so you brought up, I'm going to run through what you said in my head. Coloco, yeah. you bringing up necessitating a tag. That's it, man. Like that is it. That dictates, that is the first step of his viability enough. Forget the jumper. Yeah. If he can dictate that you have to tag him because like a, he matches speed with his ball handler, yes. maintains passing zones, lanes. Like if, if it's going vertically or if it's on the bounce or something like that, Precious is extremely, extremely blessed physically, but had no sense of timing as far as a pick and roll guy mucked up. So nobody ever had to tag Precious. Yeah. If Coloco with his length can figure that out, that that definitely that's a huge boost for his career. I think that guarantees that a second round pick gets a second contract, probably a third. That's massive for him. Fred being healthy. That is a one. Um, he just because he does so much other stuff offensively, I don't think he gets talked about as one of the best shooters in the league, <laughs> but any of the metrics that pay attention to gravity, difficulty of shots, all that kind of stuff. Fred is rated as one of the best three point shooters in the league at the very least. And Pascal went, he doubled his pick and roll frequency from regular season to playoffs. And on top of that, you've heard me say this many times because I'm annoying about it, but led the league in closeouts, hmm. isolations, and minutes played. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but it's an obscene amount of work. And I'm excited. This is, I have qualms with Nick about the free flowing offense. I actually wish there would be a little bit more structure because they don't run any pick and roll. Yeah. And Pascal has been ignored as a viable pick and roll option for, I think, three years now, basically. Next year, I hope he gets way more. You want to talk about giving a guy a drag screen. Yeah. If Pascal had a step-up screen, the kind now he's not going to be Trey Young. Right. Ever. <laughs> but if Pascal's getting step-up screens and has like a big backpedaling and has like, I don't know, oh, 22, 22 feet to try and figure out, I think good things will happen. And then OG played like a month and a half with a broken finger. Yes, he leans into workout ball. He needs to he needs to figure out how to phase his the things he's worked on into game speed way better but he is still so very like he's still a knockdown from three he's still a great defender he's one of the best cutters in the conference and he finishes everything at the rim because he's a truck with extendo arms there's just a lot of good things that can get better with the raptors i don't know i can't conceive of how far it really goes but that's a team and Raptors fans obviously are excited. It's a team to be really excited about. And I'll add on top of that, Scotty, connective passing, yeah, and um, just like manipulative passing because Scotty was mostly on an island this past season. The self-creation you brought up, absolutely. His ability to score in isolation came out of left field. Yes, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see anybody talk about it, but it was like it was there, and yeah. then it stayed. I'm interested to see what happens once he starts getting more attention. 
and how he kind of manipulates the defense to turn that attention into opportunities for others because his transition passing I thought was fantastic the reads in the open floor he makes at his size one of the best in in the NBA curious to see how his half court passing progresses but all of that is we're excited about a lot of the same things. I got to yeah. send you a clip after here. Um, it was in the playoffs. You might even know what I'm talking about. There was a Scotty. Um, they're coming up the floor. Scotty's at like the uh, like elbow, the strong side elbow. They get the ball to him. Pascal's player, who I can't remember who it was. It might have been Danny Green. Drops off of Pascal, who was at the top of the key. And literally, like this, and when you talk about connective passing, like it was so impressive about Scotty. Like it was like all he needed to see was just the step and the ball was already coming out. And I think Pascal was like caught off by it, caught off guard by it. Cause he didn't even cut the ball. Like he had, a, he probably would have had a free lane for a dunk, but like, I don't think he expected that type of quick, perfect type of pass. It was like a nice little pocket pass. And like, it just showed like how fast he processes things sometimes. And like you said, I thought I think that's a great point, too, is like his half court uh, passing. Like, where does that go? And I thought that was like a really cool sign of like, OK, things are slowing down a little bit for him. And it sucks he had that injury with being stepped on. But it was a dope pass, like in terms of connective. Like it just it didn't take, you know, some guys got to take take a while, see the floor. And it, like it was just like you knew where everybody was. Boom. Real quick. And. Oh, man, it was just really cool thing. Like, you know, the stuff we nerd out over, like that's the stuff mm-hmm. like I love seeing, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, guy, as a, you know, as a scout or or a coach, anybody that understands ball, like you look for those types of things where you can tell that they're reading the floor, they're scanning the floor, mm-hmm. you know, it's not one of those things where like they're playing and then they catch it. And now they want to see, no, as they're coming up, they're seeing where everybody's at, they're scanning it. So when they do get the ball, they know where they want to go right away. So it's like really cool to see stuff like that. Um, another sign of why you get really excited about a guy like Scotty Barnes. I, uh, we talked about the, the self-creation and the dog in them thing, right? Is like Scotty didn't get the extra defensive attention last year. So what did he do? Just beasted and feasted on the dude who had him in single coverage. And, and also since everything is about how you interface your skills together, like the hierarchy of decision-making for a player, you have to sort that out. It's not intuitive to just be like, if I have this and yeah. it gets stopped, I go to this, I go to this, I go to this. Like it's this rapid decision-making thing. And Scotty struggled against doubles last year, which mm-hmm. he was vaunted as like this savant level um, passer. Yeah. That's surprising. But once you realize that Nick Nurse was saying, bring the ball up the floor, if you yeah. have like a guy in single coverage, go score the bucket. It's that shift in mindset that he was like, okay, I'm going to take what's available What is mostly available? Isolation buckets. So once teams start doing it differently, that change in my mindset to kind of, okay, there's different factors coming in and see how he makes decisions based on that. That is just, that will be very interesting. And that's, that is a place where a lot of players get stuck. Yes. And I like a lot of players get stuck. Okay. I can do this. But once the defense starts throwing attention, I have a lot of trouble figuring out the right way to, he still has to prove that he can do it. Yeah. I think he will, but it's got to, it has to go on the tape. So we'll see what happens next year. I think, and to go with that point, um, is I think like the greats, right? The guys that are, that, that want to get better. I think, especially with, I think 
the perfect example is Trey Young. His summer league, everybody's trashing him. Oh my God, this guy's trash. How could he have been a top whatever pick? Oh, he's trash. Then he starts off the year like not really good. And 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 then I feel like for players that are drafted at that high level, and even players that care, I should say. But so I, if I were me, if, I, if it was Scotty, right? You you just do what you know your first year, right? You just you try to affect the game on what you know you can do. And for Scotty, it was isolation scoring. Like that came easy. The greats, right? They 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 go on the summer, or the, I shouldn't say greats. I hate saying that. The guys that want to get better. I'll just say the guys that want to get better. They go into the summer and they watch film. They watch film, they watch film, they watch film, and they see what is it that I was struggling with? Double teams. Hopefully, and that's what that's where the, the trainers come in, and hopefully you have a good trainer, and hopefully you plan pickup that allows doubles, you know, a lot of Devin Booker, they didn't want doubles. <laughs> but like, you know, like you know, and, and you just really work on those things, right? You just you just really like, okay, all right, I'm getting double. How do I attack this? And that's why, and I hear I'm about to get on my little soapbox here, but and like the thing where everybody was making fun of Matisse, right, with the dribbling, that frustrates me because, you know, the, the thing was like he should be working on above the break threes and catch and shoot corner threes. And it's like, first of all, if you go on any workout, any training, anything like that, you always either you start with ball handling to start the drill uh, to start the day or you end the day on ball handling skills. Right. So that's the first thing with training. So who knows? He probably was working on shooting, but the only clip they had was the ball handling. And then on top of that, if he did a did a workout and they did clips of him shooting and he was just clanking left, airballing, whatever it is, he get made fun of because of that. So it's like. Dudes are I just love the fact that he's working right and he's he's doing drills that aren't easy for him. And the only way you grow is by doing things that make you uncomfortable. Right. And so if that drill is something that he just ain't doing easily, I want him to keep doing that drill. Keep doing it until you master it and then move on to something else. Right. And so with shooting with, with Matisse, it's the same thing like with, with Scotty. Right. Just just in the summer, get do things that make you uncomfortable right now is double teams. Really work on being doubled. You know, go to open gyms where they allow doubling and and, and just like really work on that. And, and hopefully that, like you said, that's something I'll be keeping my eye on with him, him as well. Um, it's because obviously teams are going to be like, well, no, 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 no. That's rookie of the year. We can't allow Scotty to think that he's just going to step in the league and do what he want to do. We're going we gonna to send this double and see if he can make a play. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on uh, myself and see where it goes from there. But I, I really love seeing guys that come in the league. They, 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 they lean on their strengths. They find out their weaknesses. And then the next year you can see, oh, shoot, like they're starting to progress in that weakness. Like their weakness is starting to become a neutral. And then now it's starting to become a positive. You know what I mean? So um, I'm excited about that. What does uh, what does P.J. Tucker do after he's run off the line? Oh, he makes the pass out that resets the defense and the offensive possession. If the moment you prove you can shoot, they're going to make you put the ball on the floor. So, yeah, yeah. You, you like the the Matisse thing is like, you, I, I know some people think that like static static three point shooting is probably a very overrated skill currently because NBA defenses have gotten really good at one thing over the past five years and that is running shooters off the line. The moment you have like a month or two months where you shoot good set shots, 
Mm-hmm. That is the death of your set shot. Like yep. you're like you're going to have to use an escape dribble and gather. Like you're going to have to show that, and maybe not even that because they'll pull guys to come. Maybe they start like peel switching and stuff. Right? Yeah. They're just running you into, and not even that. But maybe it's a really good closeout. You don't even get the, like the drop dribble and the shot. You you have to step into eighteen. And then maybe maybe you haven't worked on the 18 foot shot. Yeah, exactly. So you have to continue that advantage with what? A dribble. And yep. then you have to take reads as a passer. Like guy, you can't just get in a gym and shoot the ball. You yeah. gotta work on everything because yes. NBA defenses, if there's a lot of people sleep on how because you know there's there's rules that make it tougher to defend, but yeah. the ingenuity of defenses currently isn't that they can just stop guys in one-on-one. That's not what NBA defenses progress to. It's that in a team concept, yes. they can take away advantages that used to be ironclad. The 2012 LeBron James, 20 feet away from the basket, skipped past to the corner, broke NBA defenses, and now that advantage is hardly anything. The skip pass is yep. whatever in the NBA now. Yep. And that's Matisse Thybul is on the opposite end of skip passes. He has to shoot, of course, but the moment he starts doing that is the moment he has to start doing other stuff too. So Yeah. yeah. Great point. Great point, man. Yeah. Love it. That's uh that's probably a decent place to end the podcast. As far as the Bulls, though, are there any parting shots you want to give? You're you're imparting your wisdom to Raptors fans. If you wanted to urge them to think something or know something about the Bulls, what would it be? Hmm. I would say uh we didn't I we didn't bring them up uh at all, actually. But Andre Drummond, I think. I think some people like I saw some Bulls fans and I, I'm pretty sure some Raptors fans were thinking it as well. It's like, why would you add on your drumming? Like out of everybody in the free agency, you went, at, went after Andre Drummond. And after thinking about it and watching film, I put out a clip, uh, put out like a two minute clip of Andre Drummond as well. But like defensively, like last season with Vooch, we all know Vooch, right? We, people that have watched Vooch from my, with the Magic, um, and what the Bulls is like, he's not very scheme versatile, right? You can't really do a lot of things with him on the floor. You can't do a lot of things with Andre Drummond on the floor either. But what he does provide is that ability to show at the ball. Um, I think he does a good job, a better job than Vooch with moving his feet on the perimeter. He has very good active hands. Um, and I think he just, and it may not be like, uh, an amazing, you know, he, do, he doesn't give you that wide variety of uh, scheme versatility either, but I think what he does bro- provide is a little bit, a little bit different of, uh, you can give Billy a little bit different of uh, some, some scheme ideas because I do think he's a little bit more comfortable on the perimeter rather than backpedaling and defending the rim. And I think it's opposite, uh, a tad bit opposite for, for Vooch because he also has trouble backpedaling as well, defending the rim. But like, I think he just gives you a little bit more uh, on the perimeter and his active hands. I, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Andre Drummond and um, in the clips I've seen. Um, and I just think he gives you a little bit different, but a little bit different look defensively, but also like his rebounding. Like, I, I think a lot of people uh, think about rebounding as like just a whatever stat, you know, like, oh, cool. Yeah. But like, part of defense is rebounding the darn ball. Like the defensive possession does not end until somebody on your team rebounds the ball. Um, And I thought second chance points and things like that, like were some things that bulls at times struggled with, Um, especially when Vooch was not on the floor. 
when Vooch is not on the floor, like, dude, we could, you know, especially losing Lonzo, because Lonzo was also a pretty good rebounder for his, his position. But um, when Vooch was off the floor, we couldn't rebound. And a lot of people said, oh, Tony Bradley is about the same as, as, as Drummond. But, like, dude, we struggled with Vooch off the floor rebounding. So the addition of Drummond helps the team in terms of rebounding, uh, especially when Vooch is off the floor. And I think he gives a little bit different of scheme versatility, things you could do in terms of defensive scheme, showing showing him a little bit higher. There, there were times where he switched a little bit um, and, and did did okay. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just pretty eager to see what Andre Drummond looks like uh, with Billy, who's known to have pretty good defensive units. So I'm pretty eager to see what he does with Andre Drummond um, in his minutes. So Drummond's one. I also think with Io, um, I, I would be able, I, I would say, keep an eye on Io a little bit. I, I think that Io is going to continue to get better. Um, one of the things that I was, I shouldn't say surprised because he shot it well in college as well. And um, but I think one of the things that I think Io can get to a little bit more is, uh, especially if he's going to be coming off of pick and rolls. Um, He's getting to that pull-up jumper. I think that Io has a pretty darn good pull-up jump shot that he could be he could use more as a weapon um, that he hasn't uh, early in his career. But if you go back and you look at his, his stats at Illinois, um, his percentages from mid-range area, like he was a pretty good pull-up mid-range shooter. So I would love to see him add that in his bag just to add some more, add another weapon to him coming off the pick and roll because right now he doesn't really have anything other than like you know if Vooch sets a good screen he's attacking and dropping it off to someone because he's a pretty good reactive passer but ah uh, so other than that I would I would just say I would just say uh Io and Drummond uh we'll see on Dalen I don't think I don't think Dalen uh is gonna be a big time contributor early on uh, the shooting has to to really show itself um I'm a little worried about the shooting um but other than that, it's Pat, man. I mean, we already know we already know about Pat. But other than that, we gotta we gotta see some big uh, some big strides from Pat this year. Hell yeah! It's I'm I'm gonna have a blast watching the Bulls this year. I think, and and I hope you have a blast watching the Raptors. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. But uh, yeah, listeners, viewers, I hope you had a blast watching Laro and I exchange thoughts and ideas on these two teams. Laro, before we get out of here, plug yourself uh, to your heart's content. <laughs> well, man, um, I'm pretty simple. I'm a simple dude, man. I, you can find me on Twitter at the same, the same, uh, same name you can see right there at Lero uh, underscore Lero Hoops. Um, since this has been, I've been trying to get back in the rhythm of, of really w- getting and watching film the way I like to watch film and put clips out with my thoughts. Um, and I, I'm getting back into that. Um, soon going to be something pretty cool coming out soon that I think hopefully that a lot of you. Uh, Raptors fans um, and Bulls fans that will listen, uh, hopefully uh, will like as well. So I can't wait for that to come out. But other than that, man, um, that's it, man. I'm just be posting some clips and and uh, talking some ball. I, I love interacting about clips. So I'm not I'm not the guy that is like, you know, yo, get off my line. You don't know what you're talking about. I actually love talking about clips. So if, if you in, if you're into that, like, come on, give your boy a follow. All right. And uh, yeah, the, a co-sign from me, listener, viewer. Laro's good dude, no soup, and uh, good vibes as well. So Laro, <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. Listener, viewer, thanks for listening. If you're a viewer on YouTube, I know like an hour and three minutes is kind of late to say like the video, but hey, like the video, do your thing. That's my uh, fault, y'all. My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, 
thanks for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day or night whenever you get into it. Uh, we'll see y'all later. Have a blessed day and goodbye. Peace.